That's a different show, Dave. Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined tonight by our awesome rotating commentators. In Pat Gennetti's absence, we have, from Buffalo, the great Chuck Fitzgerald. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? Also, I like the great in front of my name. <laughs> I figured I figured we're always saying you're wrong and lately I've been agreeing with you so I figured I would just Lately it's been like the past 6 months. Yeah, I know, but I didn't want you to get too much of a swelled head, so I was kind of being uh, I guess stingy with that. But yeah, you're right. When when you're right, you're right. I'll give it and to me, you. And me, I'm always right. From a cro- On that note, from across the pond, we have our resident ranting Scotsman Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. Care to mention, care to elaborate on that one, Chuck? Why would I elaborate? He's not talking about me. (laughs) Touche. And finally, last but certainly never least, we have from Chicago, the awesome Tim Schweska. Well, some of you may have thought that I forgot about Harambe. I haven't. R.I.P. Yes, forever in our hearts. All right, gentlemen, and before we get going, let's have a word from our sponsor. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com. Joffrey's Coffee and Tea, a flavor for every Disney memory. Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC Resale Market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. That voice is as smooth as silk, don't you think? Every time uh, Pat Giannetti speaks, the humidity rises. So, I don't know how to follow up with that. All I, ha- all I can say is I hope he comes back soon. He's taking a little bit of an extended vacation, and he definitely deserves it, holding down the fort while I was playing for a month in Disney. So I really 
do appreciate that with him. You will be hearing about my adventures on another show. But before we start, we have another one of our rotating commentators who recently took a trip to the world, and it was his first solo trip. Chuck, please tell us a little bit about the recent trip that you took to Walt Disney World. I went to Walt Disney World. Thank you. <laughs> and moving on. Riveting. Was there anything yeah. in particular you wanted to know, uh, Dave? Yeah, tell me about some of the things as never taking a solo trip. What was the... How was it? What did you end up doing? Tell me about some of the interesting things that happened to you on this trip. So, I have been back for all of four days. So, the interesting things that happened was... A lot of hurricane prep, um, you don't notice how big these storms are when you're anywhere but Florida, especially this storm. It was huge. So it was all anything anyone talked about um, for literally the entire time I was there. It was, oh, am I going to get out before the hurricane hits? Where the hurricane? Where is the hurricane going to hit? Um, so that added an extra layer of uncertainty to the trip. Um the best parts about solo travel was no one could judge me for eating junk food after junk food after junk food after junk food. Um, I think I started my first day with a glow nut from the glow lab at noon. My second day was started with a jalapeno pretzel or excuse me, a pepper jack pretzel, which is the exact same thing, by the way, um, followed by lunch of a pepper jack pretzel. Um, and the final day, I think I had the same thing. Oh, and on the fourth, whatever day that was Tuesday, I think, uh, no, that was Monday. That was the first the day I got there. I had, uh, two macaroons from France all to myself because you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you about the budget that I didn't follow. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> $15. Are you kidding me? I spent $85 alone on the first day at the food and wine booths. Now, granted, I did start at ooh, 10, 30, 11, 30, somewhere around there. Um, so, and, and that went all the way until nine 30 at night. Um, so I, I made a day of it, but, uh, $15 is not feasible under any circumstances. Um, well, I'm hoping to go ahead. I'm hoping to have a snack crawl with this current food and wine menu. And when that happens, I am going to uh, relax the uh, budget and tell you guys go nuts, which I did the last time we did one of them. I can handle that. Um, other than that, I got to experience Avatar for the first time. Um, the land of Pandora is fantastic. The, uh, the attention to detail is great. There's a couple of things that they just didn't deliver on. Um, for those of you who remember when they announced the land, it was bioluminescence. Uh, hey, when you walk, the, the, your steps are going to light up. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, not even a little bit does that happen. Um, Flights of Passage is a very strong two thumbs up. And Navi River Journey, despite being the best type of ride, which is a boat ride, is a solid meh. Um, it's, what is it, two and a half minutes, if it's even that long, 
Um, for, for the river journey, yeah, it's not a long ride. It's a three-hour line on a good day. And if I would have had waited in that three-hour line, I would have been very upset. I totally agree with that. Now, I like the ride. It's very serene. It's a beautiful scenery, but it is not worth the, the wait. I, anytime uh. I did it, I did it with a fast pass. If I had to stay on that line for that payoff, I would be really upset. Yes. Now, Flights of Passage, completely opposite. Um, it is soaring on steroids, I think is how I described it. But the issues that you have with Soren of the bowed screen and you're very aware that you're looking at a screen, it doesn't happen here. I think I was on the middle row, far left side of the very far left car. Um, Being a solo traveler, that kind of happens. You you get stuck. Well, it's a good thing because you get stuck on the end. Um, You're never going to have a middle seat as a solo traveler for the most part, um, which is fantastic. But... I didn't see any screen distortion other than when I was trying to focus on other things. And that just may be the way that my eyes were adjusting to it because there's so much that you want to look at in this ride. Um, It it did provide a little bit of difficulty. Also, Splash Mountain was down, which was terrible. Yeah, that would be a bummer on my trip, too, if I had to go down at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it was a fantastic time. I mean, it's a little bit strange traveling solo. Um, It was the first time I had ever done it, like Dave said. And it was... Well, let me rephrase that. First time I've ever completely traveled solo. I mean, uh, in April, Heather did a a three-hour tour, not to be confused with Gilligan's Island, um, where I just had three hours to myself. It's a little bit different when you have four days to yourself. I was not in a rush. Um, I I said this to Heather when I got home. I spent all of about 20 minutes in Fantasyland for the entirety of the time that I was there because there was nothing there that drew me to it. I didn't go on It's a Small World. I certainly didn't go on Peter Pan's great fake boat ride. Um, I... Went on Seven Doors Mine Train because I had a fast pass on the last day, and that was it. Um, So I I really got to focus on what I wanted to do. I spent a lot of time in Tomorrowland. I spent a lot of time in Adventureland. Um, The last day I was there, I was walking through the streets of Frontierland after rope dropping, and I was the only person on the street of Frontierland. So much so that a, a cast member had uh, actually mentioned, you know you're the only one here, right? How does it feel? I looked around, and I was the only one there. There wasn't a soul to be seen. Team, is that How did it feel? It was, uh, it felt kind of special. I do wish they would open the food carts at 10 a.m. when they open up the the park. Don't they open up at 9? I don't know. Whatever time it was, the food carts were open an hour later than that. Oh, that's messed up. It may have just been in Frontierland. Oh, but I did see uh, Liver Lips, or... Yeah, right? Yeah. Give uh, a nice little magical moment to uh, three kids that were actually waiting in line for some Mickey bars. He went behind the counter, I guess. Took out the Mickey bars and gave them to each of the kids. That's pretty cool. I was not waiting in the line, and I did not get a free Mickey bar. (laughs) 
Now I wonder though, what happened to Liver Lips after that? Was he taken out back and executed <laughs> for giving away free stuff? No, I uh, I actually saw him at Wilderness Lodge. They yeah, as a matter of fact, I saw a video from during the hurricane parties. He was coloring with a bunch of. Kids. I also saw him trying to hula hoop. Didn't work out. Yeah, that probably wouldn't go back. He's not shaped right. No. Him or his woman, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's... Uh, I just spent ten minutes on something that we said we were going to cover for five minutes, so we should probably do our own show about that. What you were saying? Yeah, I can do a whole show about my month down there, but nobody really wants to hear about that, so we'll just move on to our topic. Agreed? Yep. There you go. Yeah, that works for me. All right, gentlemen. So I had this idea while in Disney uh, to play armchair imagineer while in on my little month journey over to the world i did have the opportunity to do the highway in the sky dining experience where you start off over at the wave you're given an appetizer and a cocktail and then you go off to all the monorail resorts and you have a different course for each meal uh, your main course actually ends up being at Citrico's at the Grand Floridian. And you finish up back at the Contemporary with dessert on a private balcony to watch Happily Ever After. I almost said Wishes, but caught myself on that one. And the one thing I have to say about this experience was it's a very good experience. I actually am going to write up something about it, believe it or not. So, Pat... You are getting a blog out of me. When that happens, it's going to be uh, eventually. Yeah, sa- same with me. I have other things going on. Yep. But the ironic thing about this was I have a friend who used to be a monorail pilot. He has since moved up in the company, and he's doing other things, working for Disney. But for years, he has always said that Disney would make a really good killing if they did a monorail restaurant uh, crawl. And he more or less came up with this idea. There were a couple variations to what Disney currently offers, but when they announced this, he sent a message out to a group text saying, here, you hear, you see this? I've been talking about this all the time. Now they stole my idea as a joke. But come to think of it, he did have a really good idea and from what he wanted to do with it compared to what Disney did, I think I would find his experience a lot more enjoyable. Not to say that I didn't find the experience that Disney offered to be a most enjoyable evening. So with that said, I thought maybe tonight we can play a little game where we can create our own experiences at Walt Disney World based on the current offerings that Disney already has within its parks or within its resorts. Basically, what you're doing is maybe creating a dessert party and adding an extra bit of magic into it, or maybe a new type of tour. The sky's the limit, so the the blue sky is all yours. Anything goes. Get creative. If you were in charge of Walt Disney World and you wanted a plus the guest experience, what new offering based without having to go and put in more infrastructure? What would you offer to the guest, gentlemen? Tonight, we're going to start with Tim. Well, uh, shocker, shocker, my experience includes craft beer. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we will be heading over to Epcot 
and my ex my basically my uh, my experience would be a tour of the development of beer in the world and my tour would start in Germany Germany of course uh, holds the uh, world's oldest brewery Weinstefan which was opened in 1097 uh, they actually were brewing for 500 years before the German purity law took effect so that's basically where you get your start of showing how you have your your barley your malt your hops and your water that's that's where you start you, you get your four basic ingredients you show what types of beer they were brewing obviously we're looking at Germany so we're gonna be talking mainly lagers and you kind of show the progression of how that started in Germany after after Germany you move folks over to uh, to the French pavilion and you kind of use France as just kind of a buffer but you actually introduce uh, what the Belgians have actually brought to the table as far as beer so you actually show you know showcase some of the uh, some of the beers like you know you've got the, the Lefe Blondes there you also have uh, Duval you could also showcase a few other uh, a few other beers that Disney doesn't offer at this point but I mean one of the uh, one of the big things that I know is a big hit with a lot of our group is uh, Le Fin du Monde which is a brewery uh, known as a Unibrew that is in Quebec Canada and their brewery is basically fully influenced from old-style brewing over in the old countries so that's that's kind of how far you know you talk about some of these origins that's kind of how far that's carried over to us after that you you make another stop you stop and actually take uh, take a little bit of a, a rest in the United States and we talk about we talk about the pre-prohibition days post-prohibition days but also something that I think a lot of us have seen in the past couple of years that's really gotten big uh, that's been part of the food and wine festival and that is something that Americans are obviously doing better than anyone else right now and that is craft beer there are 6,000 craft breweries in the United States right now and we have an average of five opening every week people wow. it's it's amazing the numbers are staggering I mean it's it's one of those uh, I mean Chuck do you have a local place you could go to right now uh a local place yes exactly Dave I'm sure you I have six in my neighborhood microbrews yes right now I you know just just looking at my Google Maps I have yes I have six within a 20 mile radius of me right now it's I the, have six within a four mile radius of me. Oh well, yeah, New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get it. You're the best. <laughs> oh no, I mean it's it's uh, that's and that's and to me, I think that's a great thing because now it it kind of shows the contribution of the way things. It shows not only the way things were before prohibition of people were drinking their own stuff. You know, people were drinking their own neighborhood stuff, but also it shows now how beer has become what is known as hyper-local is even you even now have the macro drinkers and when I say macro Bud, Miller, Coors, Carlsberg, Stella Artois 
you you have those drinkers that are even starting to revert to, oh, well, you know, Bob down the street, he's got a place. You know what? Let's go drink Bob's beer. Except nothing could ever replace the sweet, sweet taste of Bud Light. Okay, we're going to pretend like Chuck didn't talk. Uh, <laughs> I think even our listeners do it on a regular basis. Fair enough. But uh, actually then, what we do is uh, the trip ends up in uh, the UK. And we actually take a look at the UK on as far as... Because the one thing you'll see if, as far as the influence on American craft brewery, brewers, there's a lot of hops and beers. Everyone loves hops. One-fifth one, uh, one fifth of the craft brewing market is uh, are pale ales and IPAs. So, I mean, American obviously American craft beer drinkers love their hops. I think uh, the UK is a great place to actually showcase where you do have hops prevalent in beer... But where a lot of the uh, the malt-based beers, a lot of the English-style beers have come from, where you look at, you go into the styles of the English bitters, you go into the styles of some of the cream ales, you even show how, even though a stout doesn't taste hoppy, how hops are actually used to take down the astringency by using so much malt in a stout, such as Guinness. So you actually get to showcase so many of the areas uh, so many so many areas of the world and their contribution to beer and craft beer and it's a nice little tour obviously of Epcot you uh, I would offer flights at each one of these stops an explanation and also I'd offer a food pairing at each one of these you could offer a vegetarian pairing very easily you could offer you can offer gluten free pairings it's something where you can customize this for anyone so I mean, it's it's uh, it's it would be a great it would, it's it would be a great experience to where anyone who's interested in learning more about beer or craft beer, or just you know wanting to you know just have you know have a few drinks and uh, have a couple of bites to eat. It's uh, to me, I think it would be a great walk. I think it would be a great walk. I think it would be a great experience, and I think it would be a great way to showcase all over the world how much we've actually gotten from each country, from each region of the world, what they've given to us in the way of beer and craft beer. Well, one thing is for certain. If they ever did do this, I think you should be the one to train the plaids that would give this tour. I think well, Tim should give the tour. Yes, that's, yeah, well, I look in a perfect world. I, 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 okay, well, I mean, I, I shouldn't, I was about to say I look horrible in a plaid skirt. I'm like, actually, I look rather fetching in a kilt, so... Uh, but me with the hat and the riding crop, that's illegal in the lower 48. You don't want to see that. Um, you, you know that the, the guys don't have to do that, right? Yeah, I feel like it's only fair. I'd have to. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> We're about equality, Chuck. I don't know. You holding a riding crop is just taking me. So that's a different show, Dave. I don't want to go to. At this one. No, but. no, we we don't. None of us want to go to that. Yeah, and that's yeah. Oh boy. With that said, Stephen, what's your experience? Yeah, I stole my thunder a wee bit earlier on when you were saying about dessert parties and stuff like that. I mean, obviously you get the Star Wars dessert party at the studios, you get illuminations, 
Zert Party at Epcot and I happily ever after the Zert Party at Magic Kingdom. But this will be the ultimate dessert party where you would go to all four parks and try out desserts in each one of them. Uh, a couple in each of them, just obviously to, to get a taste. Uh, and obviously travel around the, the parks as well, which I think would be quite good. Uh, obviously the first one you would probably go to is Aloha Isle, you know, and you would pick up uh, a Dole Whip. But I know obviously a couple of folk are still into this orangey citrus swirl sort of thing, so I suppose you could offer both of them for that. Swirl? Uh, <laughs> I, I do think I would go for that, that's for sure. Uh, then you go to this Skipper Canteen in Adventureland. Oh, this one's a wee bit odd because I always thought a congalouche was a drink rather than an actual a dessert. Uh, but they do sell it, the dessert there. Uh, yeah, here it's a dessert, but it was a yeah. drink. So obviously, yeah. I've changed it from the, the Adventure Club over on uh, Pleasure Island. So I sort of ramped it up a wee bit. So it's a chocolate cake with caramelised banana and cashew ice cream. Uh, it just sounds idyllic, you know, and to have a, a the ice cream and the sort of caramel and the bananas, just, it's it one of the ultimate desserts, it really is, I mean, it, it's just got all of these things together. Uh, then you would head over to Epcot, and I'm, I'm cheating a wee bit here, I'm doing a, a chuck a wee bit, uh, so although you're going to Don't Epcot, worry. Uh, you would head over to, to Beaches and Cream, and I was going to say, you, you may have a a kitchen sink there but depending on how many folk were actually on this on this tour with you it says that if there was like four or five year no problem you'd be able to finish one of them one or two i think you'd be really struggling to to sort of sink that going down because uh, it is some size of a dessert but it is again one of the ultimate desserts of walt disney world it says it's the one that everybody talks about and I think that's a lot of reasons why Beaches and Cream is actually uh, getting booked up so much because a lot of people are actually going there just to try that. It's like man versus food, you know, it's one of these huge things that you'd have to try uh, on, or at least one time in your visits. Uh, second one would be go over to Norway Pavilion and you'd have try the, the, the school bread there. I've not had it, I'm trying to get, going to try and get it this time when I go. Uh, but again, it's it's a very popular dessert, and I think obviously people actually go and queue up for that to, to get that. Uh, so that was sort of take care of of Epcot. Uh, heading on to Animal Kingdom, I think you would go to Tiffins. I mean, obviously you guys have, have been there and eaten there, uh, and obviously it looks as if it's a, a great place. But there's a a calamansi mousse that they sell there. Uh, oh, it's amazing! Yeah, which I've looked at the pictures of it. As I said again, I've not tried it, but it just looks fantastic. Uh, I'm very much. Do you have an AD offer to So uh, can maybe drop in here and get one of them as well. And do you have an AD offer Tiffins? Sorry. When you come, do you have an AD offer no, Tiffins? No, but I'm, I'm thinking about getting one. Uh, you should. Tiffins is completely worth it. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not down to full DRs yet, but I'll go to Nomad. Basis of that, I might just try and get one now. Uh, you can do that too. Same one would go to Turska House and try the banana bread pudding there. Uh, banana bread is great over here, but you know, I just think it's it's one of these things where you can, you know, it's it's like a meal in itself rather than a dessert. You know, so you could just fill up on that. And I know, obviously, if you've filled up on everything I've just mentioned before, and since that might just be taking the biscuit, but uh, I think that would just cover Animal King as well. Now uh, we head over to Hollywood Studios and go to the 50s Primetime Cafe and have a, a Dad's Brownie Sunday, which looks huge. You know, I mean, obviously we're talking about the kitchen sink before, but uh, a big sticky brownie Sunday. You know, and it would certainly draw your jaws together. This is new. This is like it's like a dog eating a toffee. You know, uh, just non-stop chewing. And then, although I, I, this last one, I mean, I don't know. I've I've been looking to see if Star and Rolls is still there, uh, but I know obviously they used to do the Butterfinger cupcake there. Starring Starring Rolls is sadly gone. Starring Rolls is. There's still the sign for it, and they sell the Butterfinger Cupcake, but they call it the Peanut Butter Cupcake, and they sell it in their version of the confection. Starbucks. It's a Starbucks. Starbucks has it, too? It's at Starbucks. Starbucks. It's at the Trolley Car Cafe. But well, they have it They have it there, but I've also saw it. There is, a, there is another store that sells a whole bunch of homemade candy-type things. Uh, it's closer to, I believe it's on, it's, it's not Sunset, it's closer to by, it's closer to like uh, 50's Primetime Cafe. There is a, there is such a store. Actually, no, it, it has to be Hollywood Boulevard because I've always had, I've always gone in it to go around the, cr- the crowds that were uh, watching the Citizens of Hollywood perform. So it's on the left hand side of Hollywood Boulevard as you just start going down. So there is there is that option over there too, but, the, but they call it something different. Whatever it is, I looked at it. I've had one before, the Butterfinger cupcake, and it's it's just gorgeous. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's like the size of your clenched fist. It's huge, uh, and obviously on the snack credit as well. It's just it's well worth the money. So I just think that traveling around the park, all four parks, and trying a dessert rather than obviously just staying in one place and maybe watching fireworks you know or the Star Wars sort of presentation they do at the studios I just think that it would give you a taste of everything and obviously you know put your sugar levels up to the max well I think the way you do it is they do like a small little Dixie cup of each kind of just do a small you know just a little tasting of each that kind of works out to a full serving of one of their huge desserts anyway, but you just kind of keep on the move, so it could work. A Dixie cup of that banana bread pudding that banana bread pudding would not do. (laughs) It would not do. That stuff is oh my lord. (laughs) I don't think I you see, I've eaten that Tusker house a couple times, but I don't think I even tried it. Oh, it's I think by the time I've gone up, for, by the time I'm ready to go for dessert, I'm just full at Tusker House, and I think I've skipped out on dessert a lot of times. All over there. Yeah, it's bananas, and well, I, I know I don't skip bananas. This is true. Because we are talking to. 
But I have a funny feeling that Chuck is going to cheat, so before he ends up yeah, cheating... What? I mean, I'm you're not go wrong. First. <laughs> well then, shut up. So... <laughs> That was fantastic. <laughs> With that said, we are going to um, kind of... Um, we're going to do a variation on what um, both Tim and Steven talked about. Because there is going to be food involved in mine. But what I'm going to do is I want to really highlight the cultures at Walt Disney World. Uh, we have the World Showcase that's designed to be a um, World's Fair show highlighting various different cultures in addition to innovative technology. So what I am doing is creating a tour called the, the Cultures of the World Tour, as in Walt Disney World. And it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be a morning tour and it's going to take place prior to the World Showcase opening. I one time had a opportunity to do a tour called Segway Around the World where you got to ride a Segway Around the World showcase yep. before it opened. They set up an obstacle course. They told you about different pavilions while you were there. And you kind of just got to explore all the pavilions while on a Segway. That was... I did enjoy this. highlights of my... One of my trips here is doing the Segway tour. Oh, so you did that? Park. Oh, that thing was awesome. And I guess somebody got hurt or something because it's been discontinued. So, logically, it's probably been something that Walt Disney World Legal has had to deal with. So, with that said, I'm going to create more of a cultural tour. And this tour is basically going to be where you're going to meet a whole bunch of cultural representatives who are going to teach you something about their their culture, and the country that they're from. And the way we're going to do this, actually, is we're going to start with the United States, but we're going to highlight Polynesian culture by actually having the tour start at the Polynesian Resort. Right next to the monorail door, there's a little alcove that's uh, kind of going near the... Uh, right between the store on the other side of Kona Cafe. And when I took the uh, when I took the Highway in the Sky tour, they kind of had this little alcove roped off. And that's where they served us a Mai Tai and a couple of Polynesian-style appetizers. They had the manager of Kona Cafe and Ohana come out and talk to us. And then they had the serenader from Ohana come out and perform for us. What I'm thinking is, since they already have this little lounge area set up for the Highway in the Sky, what they can do is offer a small continental breakfast, kind of with a Hawaiian flair, and in doing so, they can have a cultural representative from the Polynesian, from various Polynesian islands, a different one each tour, talking about their particular island, maybe telling a story, one of their legends, Maybe somebody can do a hula presentation and teach the group how to do a small hula or something like that. And then after everybody has had breakfast, they're going to board a bus, which is going to take them to the back backstage area of Epcot. 
where they are going to be backdoored and they're going to come out right out right by the international gateway because they do have to have park admission to get in so they're going to be use their tickets to get into the park and they're going to be taken to the other side of the rope. France is usually open so people can go to Boulanger Patisserie but that velvet rope is going to be li ro uh, lifted up and the tour is going to be taken to Morocco where the tour guide is going to give a detailed tour of that pavilion because when you go into that pavilion that pavilion is privately run to this day you could even check them out at moroccanpavilion.com they're all privately owned and operated and if you kind of go into the little crevices you actually feel like you are stuck inside that country and you kind of can just disappear out of Epcot and it's probably one of the most immersive of all of the pavilions so what they're going to do is they're going to take you through it and they're going to give you an extensive tour highlighting some of its artwork, telling some stories from it. And outside of Marrakesh, you're going to meet the, one of the belly dancers that performs and she's going to give a private, private performance for everybody and she'll also offer lessons because one of the things that the belly dancers do at Restaurant Marrakesh is they invite the children up and they teach the children how to belly dance. So if there's any children on this tour, they can they can do it. Actually, there won't be any children on because eventually you're going to go backstage on this tour. So she'll offer some very basic belly dancing lessons for anybody who wants to try. A good laugh to be had by all if anybody does try. Everybody would be encouraged to do it. Being said, you know, you only live once. After this... You're going to be ushered over to Japan, where the drummers, uh, I believe they're called Matsurai or something like that, they are going to give the guest a private drum lesson. They'll teach them a uh, traditional uh, Japanese drum solo, and everybody will have an opportunity to try to play it. From there, you're going to be taken over to... Uh, Norway, you're going to be backdoored onto Frozen Ever After. And before that, though, what they're going to do is they're going to talk about how Arendelle is created based on Norwegian architecture and the, the clothing that Honor and Elsa wear and everybody. They're going to talk about just the culture and how Frozen is basically a representation of Norway you'll then end up over at right before the World Showcase opens you will be uh, escorted to the Mexican Pavilion where inside the San Angel Inn which has yet to be opened they will have a little tequila reception for you where you can have some you can try some of their tequilas and be given a margarita. After this, you bought a friendship boat and you're taken to one of those little private islands on the middle of the, what's the lagoon name? Uh, World Showcase Lagoon? 
gentlemen? Yes, we'll yeah. showcase Lagoon. Yeah, so you'll be taken over there. They have to kind of build it up. So what they'll do is they'll have picnic tables. They'll probably have to have a little extension on it because it's kind of hilly. And over there, there's going to be a cultural representative from every other pavilion that you haven't visited who's going to tell a quick story about the about their country and then they're going to present a food from that's commonly sold in their pavilion and everybody gets to partake in a lunch of the best of the best from the world showcase obviously they'll be able to uh, work with your diet if they know you have food allergies they'll call you from beforehand They'll be able to vary it in that way. You'll have the you'll have the meal on the island, which is getting some really great views of the world showcase as it starts to come alive and just, as you see people going in. And then to finish off the tour, what they're going to do is they're going to pick you up from the island and rather take you back to the world showcase plaza. They're going to take you backstage and they're going to show you where Illuminations is staged. They're going to sh they're going to sh show you the technicians loading up the barges with all the pyro they're going to tell you the backstory of illuminations to finish your to finish your event and when they give you your pin and they leave you outside they'll leave you out probably by china what they'll end up doing is they'll as a thank you for taking the tour with addition to the pin you'll get maybe two golden fast passes to experience other epcot attractions and that's my tour. Just a uh, quick question on your breakfast. Yes. Do they have a representative come out and explain why the Tonga toast now sucks? <laughs> <laughs> this is a legitimate question now. Yeah, it'll actually be some. It'll. It won't be a cultural. It won't be a cultural representative. It'll be somebody from accounting talking about how they cut costs. Oh, and okay. how they got rid of the Samoan, which mm -hmm. honestly they they cre they replaced it with this Hawaiian Benedict, which was edible. But I like spicy food, but I don't like my spicy food first thing in the morning. Mm. This was just way too spicy to be enjoyable. I was already I was already upset at this point with no Samoan on the. Um, on the menu and no, and the Tonga toast being changed, I have no reason to go to Kona Cafe anymore. It used to be my favorite place place for breakfast. I have no interest in eating there anymore. I'm sad to say. And that's you know, and honestly, that's that's a travesty. I I completely understand how that feels because you know the wife and I felt the same way about uh, San Angel when they changed everything. That just really broke my heart. That they just took away the individuality from the from the place. And you know exactly. It's it's somebody from an accounting department that's cutting costs. Which is why I was kind of asking about a representative, because I want to know who to throw my D batteries at. So <laughs> bring a bring a little bit of Browns fan with me on that one. I'll yeah. Chuck uh chuck some some used uh some used recyclable electrical equipment at him. So And on that note, Chuck, I know you're gonna cheat, so we let's save the best for last. Well, what's your experience going to be? Well, I wouldn't call what I'm about to do cheating. Um, I have two tours. Preventing the rules, maybe. Well, yeah. two tours. 
Um, the first one is going to be a little bit more of a historical tour. I know they have the Walking in Walt's Footsteps tour, but I want to expand upon that. We're going to make this an all-day tour, and we're going to look at every single piece of land that was planned. Um, the, the pylons that they keep sticking in over by Contemporary, I think that keeps sinking, that they try every couple of years. And we're just going to talk about what Walt Disney World was going to be. Um, that's how you're going to start your day. And then from there, you're going to go around the monorail resorts, eating at every place. And in some way, shape, or form, we're going to find little nuances and little tributes to Walt. Because I think the further away that we get from the inception of Walt Disney World, the further away we get from Walt Disney. Um, perfect example is One Man's Dream is now Walt Disney Presents starring Groot or Baby Groot or something. What? What? You didn't know that? I knew it was going to be... I thought when, when I heard Walt Disney Presents, I thought it was going to be kind of an homage to the old television program no. Walt Disney Presents. No, no, no. Now, not, still, there not is a... still One Man's Dream. Except it's a lot less. Yeah, there's less stuff in it, and there's more, there's a character meet and greet now, and it happens to be Star-Lord and Baby Groot. So they took a room out to make a character greeting, and there's no more movie. The movie no, now wrong, is wrong. A... There's a, The movie's back. Oh, the movie's back? Well, for now. Well, yeah, well, what, what they're they doing is they're swapping it out. out. Yeah, once oh. another movie comes out, they'll do a they'll do a 3D preview of their next big blockbuster. Correct. Well, good. I'm really glad that we can, you know, go ahead and skip over the founder of the park and the reason why a lot of us show up. Yep. Because God forbid we miss a dancing twig, you know, jamming along to blue suede. I well, wouldn't want to miss that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't jam along to blue suede? My point being is <laughs> I don't want to talk to kindling when I come to a park to that was designed by a genius. That is true. And that's why this tour is going to exist. It's going to be putting Walt Disney back in Walt Disney World. Um, the second tour. Now, this is this is the money tour. We're going on every single type of boat ride that you can get on at Walt Disney World. We're, right, we're hopping parks. Oh, yeah. We're hopping parks. We're taking boat from park to park. We're going to uh, Cruise Cup. We're going to have uh, King Triton's Shipwreck Al Forno for breakfast. But that's the only option because it's the only thing on the menu that has anything to do with boats. Um, if there's a way that we can get a boat ride into something, we're getting on that and it's going in the tour. Even the Swiss Family Treehouse, technically not a boat ride, involves boats. Well, involved a boat ride. Um, and that's what we're going to do for the, the money tour. We're going from park to park. We're going on every boat ride. We're not going to talk about the mechanics of how the boat works because, let's face it, it's a boat. Um, there, there's no behind the scenes. You're just going on the boat ride. You, you may get to pilot a friendship boat. Maybe. Depends on uh, how many people are on the tour. But that's a tour that I would pay for. And this tour needs to be called the I'm on a boat tour. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to call it this something about a boat tour. I like that one too. Yeah. And as and as you start as you get on the boat, the first boat 
they have the theme from Steamboat Willie playing. And oh, as you're walking through um, Swiss Family Treehouse, the theme song for Gilligan's Island is play- playing. They also have um, any scene that took place on a boat in any Disney mu- movie, has the music has to be playing. So the song the sailors sing at the beginning of, uh, what's that, uh, The Little Mermaid? Yes. You gotta go. You gotta go with. Um, you, you gotta go with uh, a pirate's life from Peter Pan. Steamboat Willie. You know. Yeah, we already talked about that. We already that. had that one. You yeah. know what's not gonna be on this tour, Dave? Peter Pan. Peter Pan's flight. Yes. <laughs> but there's. But there's a whole pirate ship in there. But it you're not on the it boat. Does prominently. Actually, you are no, on a boat. No, no, you're it's not in water. Boat, it's not a boat. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't count. It's not a boat ride. A boat. It's not a boat ride. You're actually on a ship. It's Okay, a boat is a ship, but it's not a boat ride. It is a boat and you know where dinner is going to be? Boat rights. <laughs> really? Not the boathouse? That's lunch. You're going to take people to... That's lunch. No, no, boat rights needs to be the Okay, the you know what? This is negotiable. I'm dinner. really flexible with this. Boat <laughs> rights can be lunch. Boathouse is going to be dinner. This is an all-day tour, by the way. You don't take someone yeah, to Shula's for lunch only... and McDonald's for dinner, for crying out loud. Well, after you go to yeah, Shula's, you may need serves to. dinner. Open them for lunch. It's a private dinner. It's a private, <laughs> uh, private uh, lunch. It's, it's a tour. Work, yeah. That's what they're, they're paying extra. You might as well give them something neat. Yeah, yeah. This could work, actually, then. And it will end. Your final boat ride will be a sunset boat ride in an amphicar. Okay, I can see that. But wait a minute, no, that, no, that's a car. It's you're in the water. It's a boat at that point. Nope, it's the same thing. It's the same thing like Peter Pan at that point. If you're saying Peter Pan is a no, ship but it's not in it's the not water. In the water, it's not. It's 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 not a boat. The ample cars are a car. But so no, they their primary means of nope. transportation is through the water. Nope. Let it go. No. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. It's an ample car. Okay, it floats. Yeah. And I you know what else floats? I can boats. tell a really, really bad joke right now, nope, and I'm not nope, going we're not, to. Nope. So, does anyone have any other questions about my uh, boat tour, where we're going on every type of boat? Because I do have another comment about my trip that I totally forgot about. Go with your comment. I All like right, your boat so tour, man. The night, the, the Wednesday night I was there, the last night I was there, um, we were on a very, very, very packed Pop Century bus. Big shock there. Um, however, they were playing their overhead music as they always do throughout the, the bus with the, just for basic ambient noise. And the song that they played was Bohemian Rhapsody. It took one verse, but by the end of it, every person on that bus was singing along to Bohemian Rhapsody. Was it a Muppet version, was it? No, it was not the Muppet version of Miss Bohemian Rhapsody, but that's a good version. Which, honestly, at first I think is awesome. But then when you think of the imagery in Bohemian Rhapsody and the children along for uh, at Disney, it's kind of disturbing at the same time. It's sort of like when I was uh, living in France and I would go to um, Disneyland Paris Every time I would be in their version of Downtown Disney, for some reason Radiohead Creep was playing on playing all al- all along in the in the stores. It just didn't fit with Disney. 
I happened to be a Radiohead fan at the time, so I thought I at was digging time? it, but it just didn't. It just didn't uh, jive. I don't know. Bohemian Rhapsody is one of those uh, ubiquitous songs that, regardless of the message, is fantastic. And to get an entire bus full of people at the end of a very long day, because this was extra magic hours, to sing one song together. I mean, you're not going to really see that anywhere else. I, I'm sure yeah, there are videos kind of cool. on the internet of this. Um, but it, it's just... Dave, you're not getting that on the uh, the subway in New York, are you? You're lucky if you don't get no. a, if you don't have a homeless no, guy you peeing a on your leg. You get a knife in your ribs. That's what you get. Yeah. Death Wish, good movie. Nothing. Although to do I with... will say, you know what? I, as far as the Muppets version, there are two versions of, of Bohemian Rhapsody. There's the Queen version, and then there's the wrong ones. Well, no, 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 no. The end of the Muppets version is fantastic because Kermit turns to Beaker and goes, or not Beaker. Um. Uh, who who's the little orange Muppet? Pepe. Pepe. No, not the. No, it, I I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, we we need to stop having these video meetings. We never get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that might actually be funny. That's that's all I got for my transportation. Oh, the one thing I will say. Steven, I wish you would have taken the chance to have the all Tron all the time party. Just to no one would go to that. Wasn't here. <laughs> no one would go to that. They didn't even play it they while everyone was stuck that. in the rooms. They had that in Disneyland yeah. for a while. They had they had a night they had a nighttime Tron party, psychedelic, and well, it was it was actually pretty cool. Are you confusing uh-huh. Disneyland with a fish concert, Dave? No, because actually what they... Actually, no. It was actually Neon. They went to Psychedelics afterwards with uh, the Mad Tea Party, which was absolutely awesome. To get rid of the Mad Tea Party was just a... uh... It was actually called Electronica, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. But to get rid of... I'm fine with them getting rid of Electronica to to, uh, turn it into the Mad Tea Party, but getting rid of the Mad Tea Party was just a travesty. Tron sucks. And with that, gentlemen, let's go around and let everybody know where we can be found on the interwebs. Steven, where are you? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter on SJM Disney and on Facebook at Stephen James Maxwell. Excellent. Chuck, where are you? I can be found on the interwebs at Chuck in the Chat. Tim, where can they find you? Twitter at plain underscore Tim on Facebook. You can find me at Tim Schweska. And I am figments reality on Twitter and also Instagram. And you can find all the Mickey dudes on Twitter at the Mickey dudes. You can find us on Instagram at the Mickey dudes podcast. And you can find us on the web at the Mickey dudes.com for original blog content by our Mickey dude commentators. Gentlemen, this has been a most enjoyable conversation. To our listeners, thank you for staying with us and have a magical day.
You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Remember, folks, Hurricane Irma is a Fast Pass Plus option.